Hey guys, it's Keith. And this is Jesse. And this is New Player Has Joined. A podcast about the video games people love and why they love them. And today Holy shit. is special. Oh, God today damn is very it. special. Oh, come on. No. Uh, today is oh. a day where we trick Jesse into having the best day of his life. Uh, <laughs> today we're talking about Final Fantasy VII Disc 1. Guys, Keith planned this entire episode without me knowing, got me into the studio under the guise of doing a different guest, bamboozled me, ambushed me, and... Let me talk about my favorite game of all time in the world. This was really good. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun this was too. So much fun. I'm like I'm like emotionally drained right now. This is this episode is crazy to me. I mean, I'm I'm in a daze. <laughs> I well, feel like I'm drunk. When we're all said and done, we probably will end up talking about Final Fantasy for like Four and a half hours, five hours. By the end of it, yeah. Yeah, by the end of Because I mean, this episode, if you haven't looked at your at your phone, <laughs> longer yet, than normal. It's a bit longer than normal. It's earned. It's, it's good. It's fucking earned. It's good. So, gang, grab a sword that's the size of you. <laughs> find yourself a dragon with its tail on fire. Have a friend whose arm is a gun. It's America. It's, it's very possibly do out there. You. And grab hold of a ship that's not yours, but stolen <laughs> from a corporation, and we're gonna drive it into a crater. This is New Players Join. Cool. Cool. Good. So... Fucking Betsy. Do you not have it? The song? Dude, seriously? <laughs> What's up? Jesse, there comes a time in everybody's life. Thank you. Where their friend lies to them about setting up a podcast episode with Betsy Sodaro. And they decide, hey, what if we make an episode just for Jesse? No. And what if we have. Our great producer, Aristotle, tell us, hey guys, let's set up an episode, come in at this time. <laughs> and instead, no, we want to no, do an episode no. just for Jesse. Jesse's no. biggest, favoritest, oh best game <laughs> of all time. This is why I read the ad so terribly, because I thought he was going to play the song the whole fucking time, but he never got to it. So point where I had to yell, hey Aristotle, the song. It's okay. I only texted you multiple times to make sure that the play was... It's okay. <laughs> Guys, today is the day. The day where we finally, <laughs> finally step over into that world. <laughs> that world that we want to be part of. Oh, my God. Jesse. <laughs> yeah? Today, we're doing Final Fantasy VII, Disc 1. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's... You son of a bitch! <laughs> Did you, you have no son idea? Of... I was so Did upset. Did you have no idea? I was so upset. Yes! We did it, Aristotle. I was so we mad. We did it. I was so fucking mad. <laughs> and I thought you were so mad, and I was so worried about you, and I was trying to keep a cool head about everything. I was so unprepared. I had, I finished the, well, I planned this episode. You did? Yeah, like the oh, Betsy Sonaro episode. Oh, but we did that. That was well. The, all that's real. You son that's of a bitch. That's all real. So that you should son happen. Of a bitch. But I, w I was like, let's pick a person who just hasn't come in. It's repeated. Oh my god. It'll be accepted. I can't. Dude, you and Aristotle played me so hard. <laughs> we. You played did me it. so we hard. We got it. Thank you, Aristotle. You're oh the best. Oh my 
God. What the fuck? That music started playing. And I was like, that's weird. You're like, is I he like trying to calm Keith down? That's weird. <laughs> so you were like, oh, this is calming me down. I'm this is still... here to relax me. Sorry, I'm in shock. Guys, <laughs> it's Jesse's episode today. We're was, doing it. Oh my God. It's happening. I was so unprepared. So I'm so unprepared. unprepared oh, which no. is perfect. This is what we all want to see. So, Jesse. This is going to be a long fucking episode. It's going to be a long episode, but we're only doing disc one. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> It's most of the game. <laughs> it is most of the game. It's Midgard. I looked it up. See, okay. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to New Players. Join a podcast where the vegans people love and why they love them. Today, we are with this very special guest, Jesse Neal. Jesse Neal, you might know him from a host of New Player Has Joined, sketch comedian from UCB in New York, and a terrific boxing coach at Prevail Boxing on third. Jesse. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. It's oh, happening. I can't it's believe how off. Okay. Oh, God, so, I was so caught off guard. Do you need to calm? To, do, you, do you got it? Or would you, is this like I, at any moment I can just jump in and start talking? We were it. we were recording ads for five minutes. Yeah. Are you going to, are we going to play that? I don't know. I genuinely <laughs> don't know if that was going to be happening. But the music is in. The music is in. That was the whole point. The whole point was let's play some, I, I don't, are these real? Oh, the, okay. So that's the miscommunication. I thought I was going to be like, hey, man, just like put down okay, some ads wait. and then we'll all like okay. pretend to do them. And I, I thought need, he was going to play the music. I need to recap what has happened okay, here. Okay, go for it. We had an episode schedule with Betsy Sodaro, who yes. we've tried to book on the show a few times, and both times she has canceled on us very last minute. <laughs> it happens. It's it like happens. that's normal. It's, then normal. it's an LA thing. It's an it LA. Everybody cancels the last second. So Aristotle's like, Betsy Sodaro wants to come on the show. And this is all before. This is two months ago. This yeah. is this is. I've been setting this seed for a long. You time. son of a bitch! I was like two months ago. I was like, we gotta get Betsy Sodaro on, but I wasn't like, let's get Betsy Sodaro on to rebook her. I was like, we need to do Final Fantasy VII. Oh my god! And Jesse can't know about it. Oh my god! So I come in. Aristotle's like, guys, Betsy canceled, and Keith is so upset. <laughs> Keith is so mad, and I'm concerned more about how mad Keith is than I am about. The fact that Betsy canceled. Because I'm like, we'll do some other stuff. We'll record a DLC episode for, for Stitcher and stuff. We'll, we'll take care of it. <laughs> and we read these ads. Fucking the opening theme to Final Fantasy VII starts playing. I'm very confused. And then, like, uh... Like like the the fluffiest, most welcomed <laughs> anvil. It gets dropped on my head that I'm doing an episode today. It's just you. I mean, you're doing a real episode. I'm this doing is, a real. This, you're this doing is, a for real episode, oh, dude. Oh shit! For real. Wait. So, oh no. Yes. Oh, I sir. just figured out what that means. Yes, sir. Oh fuck! Did I just delete your whole episode off my phone on accident just now? Let's find out. I didn't. That would be another. <laughs> We're really building up some. We're red really hair building and up to me not being able to do this show. Um, so Jesse, take me through right now. What do you think? What? What? How old were you? You have to ask what me. What was the day? No, Obviously, gotta, the day was July seventh. You got to ask. Nineteen seventy-seven. You got to ask me what game we're talking about today, Jesse. Yes, Neil. Yes. What game are we talking about today? Motherfucking final. Fantasy seven. Okay. Oh. Okay. So we're in it. We're there. Okay. Because we needed the prelude up top. We need the prelude, the prelude to, yeah. to prelude for the the, the menu written, screen. The written beginning. the night before. Written the written night. The night written before. the night before that game came out, and is a phenomenal song, um, which you guys probably heard us all talk about in our musical episode just recently. Um, so taking us through first Final Fantasy game. Do you? 
Are you like enamored? Are the graphics great? Are first like, Final Fantasy game I've ever played. So this is first JRPG you've played. You played JRPG. I played JRPGs. You played JRPGs. So okay. So I am in elementary school. Do it. Shit, I'm old. Um, <laughs> or middle school, or one of those. But I'm uh, I'm at my friend David Teichman's house. Right, and he lives off of Main Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And David has a PlayStation. At the time, I have a Sega Saturn. Right. And uh, David's playing Final Fantasy VII. He's right at the beginning. He's playing it. I don't understand fucking anything. That's anything. Happening. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a game that people have been talking about. Everybody's saying it's a big deal. Are you like, why are they waiting to attack? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of just watching everything take place in the uh, in the opening where you attack the the Shinra plant. I'm like, I don't get why I should be into this. And David's got a PlayStation. Yeah. And Final Fantasy is a one-player game. Yeah. And Twisted Metal 2 is a two-player game. So you're game. like, turn this so, off. Yeah, I'm like, Twisted yo, Metal. let's play Twisted Metal. And yeah. so we do. Yeah. And for a while, that's all I know of Final Fantasy VII. It, I don't even remember how it happened, where I first got it. What is your favorite game before Final Fantasy VII? Like, what do you think at the time was like, this is what it's all about? Well, oddly enough, Albert Odyssey, Legends of Eldine, ah, which is the Sega Saturn yeah. JRPG that I was okay, playing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it doesn't really register to me that I'm seeing a JRPG on right. the screen because it's so polygons, right? Correct. And the one that I'm used to playing is animated. Yeah. And so I start seeing this. It doesn't register. Fine, whatever. I'm, you know, a year later, maybe, I get my hands on Final Fantasy VII for the first time, and I start playing it, and... I can't tell you about the first time I played it because it's a blur. Yeah. Because I just rifled through it yeah. as fast as I can and loved it. But I go back year after year after year. I beat Final Fantasy VII once a year yeah. without fail. Okay. And when you have the new remastered versions where you can go like twice or like three times as fast yeah. and get a limit break, I don't do that. I beat it for real every time. And I grind on the third disc every time. So you don't I go, speed it up even by that point. You don't speed I get, it up. Maybe if I'm trying to level materia up, right? But I get up to level 99 mm -hmm. pretty often. Got you. It's a problem. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> here's here's the thing. I have the Final Fantasy curse. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Where remember, you, you can never you've never finished Final Fantasy seven. No, I finished I finished seven. I beat it. It's um the curse that I had, which is with Final Fantasy eight, my favorite game. Yeah. Uh, the second disc was scratched right at the beginning, mm -hmm. so I couldn't even get. To anything really, right? So um, I had Final Fantasy VII on PC. So the graphics looked better; they were smoother. Yeah. I beat it on PlayStation One, but I had it on a PC. I can't believe you fucking pulled this on me. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled this on me. I'm fantastic. I can't believe you did this. <laughs> you can't because I was trying. I was about to start planning yours. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was. I gotta trick Keith before he tricks me. You, oh my god! I feel like you just PlayStationed my Xbox. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna come out with this great new console, and you're like, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 5. I was just scared that I was like, do I? Am I just gonna be like, because I was so afraid the song wasn't gonna play mm -hmm. that I was like, that's my intro. What is it? I thought you were going to jump into new player. Welcome to new player. Oh, so we just miscommunicated, guys. That's it, guys. Guys, we just need to go to therapy. Work it out. You know what I mean? How's her sex life? That whole sort of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, the curse was this game disc was broken. Yeah. It's the point where, so like my cliffhanger is actually a cliffhanger in seven. Yeah. So uh, the disc in seven, it breaks the moment you want, you go to um, Mount, 
uh, when the North Crater, when Cloud basically flies, yes. So you're just like the North Crater. So yeah, like what the fuck is going on? And then the, there's when, so much. The cutscene happens where a uh, weapon so goes through the the mountain or whatever, and you see its face. It always glitched and broke. Yeah, right at that point. So my Final Fantasy experiences, I love them so much that disc one was like, this is still like, yeah, great. I will replay disc Where, one okay. over and over and over and over. We are talking specifically about disc one today. Yes, just disc one. Where does disc one end? At disc, the end of disc one. But like, what's the thing in the game that's happening? PS one, disc one. Oh, um, you're going to go find Ares. Ares. So you're at uh Yeah, so she's so you have not yet gone to the to the city of the ancients. Disc one is like disc I'm one. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that's the perfect point disc to end. Disc one is like almost 80% of the game oh. in map like visualization. Buckle the fuck <laughs> up, listeners. <laughs> Jesse has some thoughts. Okay, so let's jump in. Because I did okay. not give you an easy quiz. I gave you a pretty difficult quiz because I'm like, he beats this every year. I can't be like, what year was it made? <laughs> I'm trying I'm gonna try to guess. Some of the questions on your quiz. Okay. If you guess any of them, we're not doing the... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ares last name. No. By the way, uh, people say Eris or Aerith, and I say Ares because I don't, I I don't, don't care. Aerith, there's no TH. In some versions of the game, there are, in the Japanese version, there's some translations. Uh, going. I, I just, can talk, whatever you guys want to say. I can talk so much about the translations of the game. <laughs> okay, so let's just get let's get to the game. Okay, okay. so the opening cutscene you see as a kid, you're like, these graphics are good, you yep. don't care, or this so, is amazing. We see uh, the slow pan in of the train going around Midgar uh, with the comet. The music is But beautiful. before that, you just see a woman. In a pink dress. Uh, yes. And we pan out. Yeah. So I see this woman. I'm like, well, obviously this person is important. We pan out. We see the city. Uh, we're on the train. They they do a great job cinematically of cutting to the train and having the motion of the wheels, making it feel like there's panic, there's anticipation. Yeah. And then bust right into the Shinra theme. And then we're fucking cartwheeling off of a train. Which is badass. With a sword the size of us. Yeah. To fight. Yeah. And it's fucking dope. And I'm like, these are shapes. Yeah. But I get it, and I do not because care. Because when there's shapes, because before you're like, this is triangles, this really doesn't look that good. But once you actually get to the battles, you're like, ooh, yeah. they look good. Like, they, look they, look good. they look dope. They look dope. They look dope. So I'm off the train. I'm running to Shinra. There's a character named Wedge. Fine. There's a character named Biggs. Fine. There's a character named is, Jesse. I'm in. Can I talk to you about how um, the triangles, I didn't. I don't care much about the people because the background was so well detailed yes. that you don't give a shit. Like, you're like, I get it. Like, that guy is a fat dude. That yeah. guy, like, you know I what I mean? I understand. I understand what you're going for. I don't need, like, my um my suspension of disbelief is strong enough that I don't need this shit. Right, I exactly. I get exactly. everything that you're going for. I'm so happy this one. I can't believe you, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. I'm so sorry. Aristotle, Aristotle. You, <laughs> Aristotle, you sly son of a bitch, man. No, you both get credit. You both get credit. You oh, fuck. You both acted so well. Um, okay, you're not even in the game. So you see battles. You're like, okay, this goes straight. Because like the first things you, for for a you game, fight people. You fight people, but what also do you fight right next to the people? Uh, there are like trains. No, dude. Jaguars. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's yes. like one of the first things you fight is like here's a soldier in a fucking jaguar, yeah. and you're like, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. And they're like, you're a terrorist, and you're like, what? This yeah. is dope okay. as shit. Yeah. Okay. So every Final Fantasy game, every RPG is like, you're in this magical realm with dragons and yeah. spells, and, and Final Fantasy VII is like, you're a fucking eco terrorist trying to take down a corporation. <laughs> you're in Japan a hundred years from now yeah. or something. A hundred tries seventeen. Like yeah, this like, is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> this shit is bonkers, and the music's already killing it, and the character you you show up, you're clapping. This dude's in a purple he onesie. He is dope as 
fuck. He's just constantly they're like, we're going to take you out. He's like, I don't think so. Like, he's just so calm he's, and confident if, the whole time. If the Fonz was a bit of a dick, that's Cloud Strife. <laughs> And all Everyone the, wants to have sex with yeah. him. He's awesome. He's always wearing that leather jacket. He's but, always punching jukeboxes. But low-key, everyone can relate to him because dude's depressed and doesn't know who the fuck he is in the I world. Just, I just made a joke that was intentionally true. He punches jukeboxes. That's how you get down <laughs> into the basement of Seventh Heaven, I, which is cla- was just Tiffa's. Did I get one? You just got Did one. Did I get one? <laughs> Seventh Heaven is Tiffa's bar in the slums. <laughs> Fucking hell, I nailed this shit. <laughs> fuck yeah, bro. So how do we get to Tiffa, though? We bomb it. So, like, there's, when you get to the beginning of the game, you meet Barrett. Barrett is Mr. T. Barrett is Mr. He's T. Mi- but we he- talked about this earlier. Yes. Um, in the actual Japanese, he's much more of a wise, wise sage, but the translator who translated well, all did of we, Final did Fantasy Did we VII. talk about this in DLC, or is this yes. in the music episode? This is DLC. So, people don't have DLC, explain to them what you found out about the writing. So, uh, obviously, originally written in Japanese, Final Fantasy VII, when it gets taken over into America, they want the English translation. Right. And so the team of people they hired to translate Final Fantasy VII was one person. Yeah. And he had two weeks to do it on like Can a spreadsheet. Can you believe this shit? And so there's, uh, the Japanese language is very, uh, I forget what the word for it is, which is interesting because it's, the whole point is that we don't have words in English for feelings so and to, sentences. So you have to interpret it in right. a different way. So the example I gave you with Schadenfreude is the feel in German, Schadenfreude is the feeling you have when you see somebody else who's experiencing embarrassment and pain. That's a sentence in English. It's Schadenfreude right. in German. The Japanese language is just like that. So there are a lot of instances where in the Japanese script, somebody says this one small sentence and it would take four text boxes to get right. that point across. And so the writer was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to make this punchy and simple. I'm not going to add any more text boxes. It's going to be the same length. Because so of time. Because yeah, it, just, cause it would time. just take forever just clicking through, right. clicking through, clicking through. And so he changes Barrett from this wise sage to basically Mr. T. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. But he says the same things, but with a much different tone. Um, and you can't see that he's swearing at you. But the game is immediately like people are swearing at yeah. you. Yeah. And it happens a lot. Oh, man, there's so much in the Temple of the Ancients where it happens, where there's a lot of stuff that gets mimicked between Sephiroth's language and Cloud's language, mm-hmm. where they start to laugh the same way, but yeah. there are distinct laughters in Japanese language and right. writing. So it makes it... There There are moments where in the Temple of Agents, Cloud laughs, and then later you see Sephiroth laugh the same way, and you're like, oh, he's not Cloud now. He's literally being mind-controlled right. by Sephiroth. Right. So there's more foreshadowing in the Japanese version because of language. So better. when you meet the Avalanche for the first time, like, you're the Avalanche, we're this terrorist group, yep. you're clearly like, all these people are going to die. Like, this is the biggest group of misfits. Like, they're yeah. children almost. Well, this is, a, this is another cool thing, because most JRPGs are like, here's your band of misfits. Mm-hmm. Misfits, travel with them. And Final Fantasy VII goes, here's your band of misfits. They're not going to make it. Yeah. Like, they're clearly not going to make yeah. it. So you meet everybody. Um, you know, the whole first reactor is impressive. The graphics are cool. The gameplay is cool. And then there's the there's the there's really the inciting incident. Right. Because the inciting incident isn't blowing up uh, the reactor. The Dude. inciting incident is uh, is watch out. It's not just a reactor. This game does such a good job of being like the first 10 hours 15 hours you're just exploring and doing all the know shit what the game's it, about it's like you're in one place you are in one you are in midgard you are in one place i, I to to be revealed that there is a whole world and not just it just takes place in this bonkers. city is insane it's, bonkers. it's insane okay so, so you bomb it 
You bomb it, and you have this foreshadowing that something's going on and that there's something weird with your character. Okay. And it very much does feel like your character, you know? You get to name everybody. Right. But Cloud feels like you That's from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, because they do a good job of the mostly silent protagonist. So you blow this thing up, you get out, and you're like, great, we did it. Head back to Seventh Heaven to see Tifa. It's her bar. They do such a great job of putting you on the train, what it's like, what the slums are like. Like, mm -hmm. basically to the point where we are now with the social system of, like, how yeah. rich you are and you can get into this car. Like, it's China right now. It's yeah, basically it's America like, are right you in the now. social, like, what social level do you make it into? Then you get to be in the nice car or the shittier car and things right. like that. It's horrifying. And before you get back... They fucking drop the best character in the game in front of you for two seconds to offer you a flower. I just realized it's like Schindler's List. Because <laughs> she's pink dress and everyone else is in oh, black. Yeah. It's like pay yeah. attention to this person. And it's amazing. Yeah. How, oh, handing I, I out can't... flowers. She's handing out flowers in this dead, desolate place yeah. where everything's on fire or black or polluted. Yeah. And she's the one sign of earth and of uh, and of life. In this horrible metropolis, she's literally like you love Tiffa. Everybody has like a kind soul to them, but this is genuinely like that. It's like there's no bad in this human, no, at all. And there's a little bit of bad ass in this human right. too. When when you first see Ares, she is in control and confident. Even the walk that they give her away, she walks slowly. She doesn't like everything's in a rush around her and she just walks slowly. Like this person is on a different wavelength yeah. than the rest of the world. Like wherever she goes, she's doing her own thing. There's an entire generation of boys who are like, I think I'm in love with this video game character. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But they just wrote somebody who's like, I believe in myself and I like myself. I'm compassionate, but I'm also kind of a smart ass. Mm -hmm. And those are the moments where it's like, this is amazing. And low-key, I'm the most powerful person in the world. Low-key. <laughs> low-key. And at the end of this discussion, uh, please remind me about the last scene on disc one because there is a moment in that the translation misses that makes Ares, like in her final words, completely Ares. Got you. So, so we get to the seventh heaven. You meet Tiffa. And Tiffa's clearly like, we need, we need, um, how do I say this? We need mercenaries. We need mercenaries, but that's not what I'm trying to say with we need Tiffa. Cash. I'm not saying that's not what I'm trying to say with Tiffa. Tiffa's, Tiffa's, Tiffa's celebration is very specific compared to everybody else. Oh, uh, <laughs> Tiffa to Cloud is like, yo, give me that dick. <laughs> and Cloud is like, I'm too angsty. I'm too angsty. Like, we clearly kind of have a thing, but not really. Like, it's yep. kind of a weird vibe where she's really into you. You guys yeah. have a huge history and a huge past and all this sort of stuff. But they know oh, it's so much. It's but it's so, so much. much drama. It's not for them. It's just not for them. I don't even begin. Like, listen, we can go through the entire plot synopsis of this, and I happily, um, happily will. But basically just trying to give each character, like, this is who they are. This is what they give everybody is. a moment to shine, and it's yeah. when you realize that, like, Biggs Wag... Uh, Biggs, Wedge, Wedge, and Jesse didn't get a real moment and that you're like, oh. Biggs and Wedge are in Final Fantasy eight. Are they in not? Are they in ten? They're all the way back to four. Yeah, they're, they I think uh, they're part of um, the Besaid Orok Blitzball team. Got you. Uh, yes, you're right. But this game just does such a great job laying the groundwork. Also, when you go back to Seventh Heaven, yeah. what's playing? I forget what's playing. Tiffa's theme. Right. Which people think is a seventh heaven theme. No. But it's Tiffa's song. And it's so gentle and soothing. Like, 
They create this air around these characters by doing what Final Fantasy VII does so well, which is leitmotif. Which is like, these characters are kind, and these are the good ones. But they tell it to you through music. Yeah. And I've talked about this before, I think, on some episodes, but leitmotif is basically the idea that different characters, different regions, have their own version of a song that plays, and that gets kind of uh, melted in and out of different songs to show that the character is the focus. Gotcha. Like uh, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, you know her dragon theme. Right. Everybody knows her it comes on. Aria's theme, Tiffa's theme, they all have themes. Like, Yuffie's theme. If I say Yuffie, do you remember what it sounds like when you first get her on I'm, your team? It's like, kind of like, um, like, corally, western-y yes. a little bit, because I'm picturing her right now the first time you see her, and it's like the open field or whatever. Yeah, it's a little bit like hunky-dory mm-hmm. going on. Like, every doke doke yep. And she's like, and now she's part of your crew, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, yes. that's it. Okay. Oh my god, there's so fucking much. I don't even... I'm so overwhelmed by how much there is in There's this game. There's so much. As I said, disc one. You think I'm going to do the whole game? Disc one. So, <laughs> And like, even disc one is, like, way too big. The entire first couple hours of this game, you just sit there going, this game is about the fact that I'm an eco-terrorist. Right. And then the next few hours, you go, oh, this game is about this murderer named Sephiroth who killed all these people. Right. And then it's like, oh no, this game is about the ancients that right. Ares is apparently descended from. This game is about Shinra. It has but, a lot of lairs. It takes... For for ten hours, yeah. you are just in Midgar. That's it. Just exploring this polluted, shitty and city. The city is huge. It has expansive. a giant. It has a giant plate over it, so yeah. nobody can see the sun to delineate class structure. Yes, and then you get outside, and somebody has to go. We got to figure out what this game's about. Yeah, and then the first thing you go is you go to a normal town, and you're like, "What the fuck is that? What is in, going on?" In the first ten hours, you meet a person. That person gets kidnapped. You save them by dressing up as a woman and going to a pimp, then infiltrating uh, an evil corporation. Redundant. While you also do squats and like or it's whatever in a competition. Bunk. There are like fifteen mini games. A bunch games. of dudes try to fuck you and yeah. stuff like that. It's it's a bonkers ten hours. And then there's like the food and all this sort of stuff that you like. And you're like this. Ge- there's what? So there's much. so much. There's okay, so, so much. you go to Tifa. Eris gets. You meet Eris. Eris gets kidnapped. There's so much going There's on. So much. I like. So for time's sake, let's get to like where where we after we meet Eris, she gets kidnapped. Right. We go to Midgar. We go to the Shinra building. How do we get to the Shinra building? So you, you just infiltrate the infiltrate choices, you, yada yada. So you basically have There's to go pretend to be a woman. You have to like go find the mob boss in Midgar and basically be like, "I'm gonna kill you. Tell me where this person is." And that's all fine. That's all well and good. But the point of this to me isn't that you do these things. Right. And the point of this to me is that you never question them while you're playing them. Right. I've seen people do um, do reviews of Final Fantasy VII in retrospect where they're like, this game's all over the place. It makes no sense. If you read the synopsis, it's a bunch of gibberish. It's I mean, like, they're really reaching by saying yeah. that. <laughs> but like, if you play this game, you are this character. Right. You are surrounded by these friends of yours. It makes an emotional impact and you never feel like, what are we, do- like, what is this game making me do? It always feels like this is the thing I must do to get to the next place because I have a goal in mind. Well, there's even a point where you attack the vice president for the first time where it's yeah. like, I'm an experiment. I'm ex-soldier. I'm a flower girl. Like, everyone's something drastically yes. different and than And he literally other. says, what an interesting band of misfits. Yeah, like, he just, he says it. Yeah. You're the lost boys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking crazy. None of, there's a fucking, Red 13 is this like tiger thing with a yeah. fucking flame tail and they just go deal with it 
And you do, because it's like, yeah, fucking what else? You see Genova, you don't understand. You're introduced to Sephiroth, you don't fully understand. The whole... Yeah, there's a point where you follow blood around because like a head escaped or something yeah. like that. And you're like, am I now in a horror game? What the, the fuck moment is going on? Where you see Genova for the first time Dude. and you hear Genova's theme. Yeah is mortifying to you when you're a kid because you jump up in that little chamber you see that dis like that i guess decapitated it body it looks like cleopatra's or not cleopatra uh uh, uh i can't the, the uh, medusa's head mm -hmm. uh but it's been 50 years since it's been it's, decapitated it's, it's horrifying insane and all this is happening while you're trying to understand these characters, while you're trying to play these mini games, while you're trying to get to the next thing. This game and then, is an unveiling that takes 40 hours. And then they're like, okay, you leave Midgard, they're like, you're probably confused. We yeah. Should, we're going to tell you a story. Yes. <laughs> so then they just give you the exposition. And one of my it's, favorites. You are involved. This all circles around you. Yeah. You, the world circles around you. Yeah. Cloud. Which, I mean, as a narcissist, I love. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. But this game does this amazing thing as a narrative structure where they go, here's what happened. Yeah. And all it takes is Tifa being quiet. Right. And that's all that's strange. And in your brain, that plants a seed of, well, why is she quiet? She was there. Why won't she talk? And then later on, they tell the same story over right. and over and over. You see that story maybe four times? Yeah. And it changes every time until you find out the truth. Right. They don't ever lie to you. Right. They use it as a way of telling you that this person's memory is wrong for a reason. Yeah, when you go and find out about Zach, and you're mm -hmm. like, for the first time, you're like, you just... Because you show up in this random town. They yeah. don't tell you to go here. No, you just you show just up You just show there. up, and you're like, well, I'll go explore this point of the game. And then somebody's like, oh, you remind me of my son, my son Zach. And you're right. like, who the fuck is Zach? And, like, and Ares just leaves. And you're like, what? what is happening? Like, who's Zach? Like, yeah. what the fuck is going Can on? Can we talk about how weird it is that Ares dated this dude from Soldier and then dated you? You knew him and stole his life. And she was like... You remind me of somebody. Oh, that's right. The dude who you identity thefted. That's <laughs> probably who I'm into. I mean, Final Fantasy VII should just be called Final Fantasy VII colon The Rebound. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy should clearly be Zach. If this was a movie, they would have tried to get Dane Cook to star in it. <laughs> All right, so what, at what point do you think we got to do How Well Do You Know Your Favorite Video I got so much I want to say. I don't know. I I Listen... I'm into this being a long-ass episode, but if what you're getting at is that there's stuff in that game that we need to cover... I want to get this out of the way so you don't answer questions. <laughs> Let's <laughs> fucking do it. I'm Let's so nervous. Let's do it, guys. You know it. It's happening. It's How Well Do You Know Your Favorite Video Game, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, Disc 1 Edition. Jesse Needle, new player, has joined. Okay. Oh, my God. Is there anything I should know about this game? Um, no jokes. Okay. Not silly. Everything's okay. very serious. Sure. How long do I have to answer each question? You have... <laughs> It's a lightning round. Okay. Oh, okay. Like three gotcha. seconds to answer the question. Okay, gotcha. Definitely no jokes. Right, right, Definite right, right, right. no jokes. Right, 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 if right, if right, I had right. another person next to me to egg you on and show you <laughs> that it's serious, it'd be so much better. No gotcha, jokes. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. No jokes. Gotcha. Question one. Okay. What's the first material that you can find? Fire. Sorry, it is lightning. It's restore. You is, is start really? with fire and lightning. Oh, right? you start I with knew it. it. You start with, that's bullshit. That's how you get them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about all of these. I'm like, also, no. it's not called lightning. It's called bolts. I mean, I honestly, for the first I just, one, I wrote just cure. And then I was like, Keith, he's going to stay restored. Yeah. <laughs> I would have. I would have. 
<laughs> I'm a dick. I, but like, I think what's upsetting about it is because when you pick up the material, it says restore. But when yeah. you play the game, it, it says, says cure. cure. And it's like, why the fuck would you change the name? Because the spells have different names than the <laughs> than the material that are used to create. It's a whole thing, guys. I know, but the first time I played the game, I was like looking for the material. I was like, what? What? What is it? Because you won't tell me. It's like a gravity whole... and then demi and all this sort of stuff. It's just like okay. It's a whole thing. Um. Earthquake, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> question two: What is the name of Tiffa's bar? Seventh Heaven. What's the name of her final limit break? <laughs> is that the next question, or is that just the throw? I thought it was the same answer. Is that it, not? The, you're you're Something right. Like she that. had seven of them. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah so I it think would it's be Seventh Heaven. Heaven. Yeah, guys, extra credit to me. Uh, question <laughs> three: <laughs> What material is found near Eris's house? Cover. Dude, nice. <laughs> very red. I was like, just material, like just colors, little dots on the screen. I'm like, he might, maybe. I, That's I, impressive. Thank you. I was pretty proud of that. That one was just pretty now. good. Okay, I'll do another one just off the top of my head. Uh, which material is found in the playground? Enemy skill, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I just nailed you on both of those. That wasn't even a question. Just extra credit to Jesse. Uh, question four: What were the cross streets to my story apartment? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. 32nd? No. Oh, shit. 33rd? They're just, no, but here in the 30s, you got it. Yeah. What was the avenue I was on? Oh, uh, is it 30th? Yes. 30th and 36th. 7th. Damn it. <laughs> shit. Very close. Ask, Very me, close. ask me what material was outside your apartment. What material was outside my apartment? Uh, question five. What's the name of the boss you fight in the sewers? Oh, Don Corneo's boss? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm picturing it. It's got the chains. It's got three letters. I can't believe this is his name. Uh, <laughs> is it like Ert? Apps. Apps. Oh, yeah. APS. Wait. You don't fight apps in the sewer. You fight apps when you're in uh, Wutai, when Don Corneo is, when he has the Turks uh, chained up. I mean, that's what I, I saw. Apps. Yeah. I'll go back. I mean, if you're telling me I ruined your episode. <laughs> You just tell me I ruined I think your episode. Because he even says, I, I might be wrong, but I. When you're I, talking, listen. when you're talking later on, I will Google it to make sure that I'm okay. That I'm correct. Okay. That and, I'm, and that I'm if, correct. If and when you're correct, rub it in my face real hard. <laughs> okay. Be like, you piece of shit. You, you tried to throw me off my game. End the episode now. Uh, <laughs> question six: How many floors are there in the Shinra headquarters? Seventy. Nice. God damn, dude. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh, here he is. No, it's apps. Aristotle brought it up. It's it is apps. apps. I was Aristotle, wrong. Aristotle, thank you. Best in the biz. There you go. Aristotle I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, question seven. What's the name of the town I lived in in Montana? <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, man. I know Final Fantasy seven better than I know Keith. Um, Butte? That's no. You think I would live in Butte? <laughs> are you kidding me? Sorry to Butte people who are listening. Yeah, sorry to all one of you. There's way more meth addicts than that. Uh, it was Bozeman. Bozeman, Bozeman oh, Montana. Known that. You've told me that so many times. I know I have. Oh, Question eight. God damn it. <laughs> Question eight. Work or work? <laughs> work? I'm sorry, it was work. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> do you know why? No, what are you work? asking me? Work? What are we doing? That's a question, Final Fantasy VII. Who asks you that? A chocobo. A chocobo does. <laughs> and that's Work how you get the chocobo yes! red material. <laughs> Boom! Jesse gets it. Question nine, compliment me. 
you know where I put <laughs> You're uh, one of the most empathetic people I've ever met. Aww. And you're incredibly compassionate, and I love you. I love you, too. Thanks, buddy. There's no point to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> uh, question 10. What do you get for getting more than 100 points? What do you get for 100 points or more when you do uh, the march for vice president? Oh. Oh, what's the sword that you get? Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. It's purple. It's qu- it's it's a it's a it's a play on words almost. Is it? Yeah. It's not the rune. Bl- no, that's later on. That's when uh, that's when you're at Nibelheim. Um, it starts with an F. An F. I don't know. Force Stealer. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And that's like is that's a that's a pretty good weapon for you to get like that. It's early very in the good because right? you know what happens when you don't do well in that march. Like don't they just. Give you grenades or something? Yeah, they're like, somebody send that guy a bomb. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. like, what the fuck? That's so, that is threatening. <laughs> somebody send that guy a mail bomb. Who's that guy that fucks so up? What's, what's big in the 90s? Oh, the Unabomber? Let's use that. But like, yeah, but let's talk about how like cool in the middle of it where they're like, all right, now you got to learn a dance routine. Now you got to yeah. learn a marching routine. Now dress there's up as so like, much. there's so much going on. And then we're going to steal the airship. Like It's just like, oh, God. It's this farcical comedy of er- errors that happens to be the greatest game ever. And question 11, how much for a lifetime pass at Golden Saucer? 30,000 gil. Nice! <laughs> Jesus! There aren't even commas to tell that it's 30. It's just three and a bunch of zeros. And ever the Jesus. Okay. Very impressive. This is fun for me. Uh, question 12 Who's the best summon? I mean, are you asking me objectively or subjectively? I'm asking you. Objectively, it's Knights of the Round. Subjectively. Oh, Odin's pretty badass. Odin's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> question, uh, question thirteen. Name any other town in Montana that isn't Helena, Bozeman, or Butte. Springfield. I can't prove you're that you're I wrong. Know. I know you can't. I know you can't. Uh, but the other bigger cities are Missoula, or you could have said Billings. Uh, I could have, but I didn't. You didn't. Uh, question fourteen. We're going. <laughs> Jesse. Yes. Tell us a secret. I was and, okay. I was thinking about this the other day. Oh damn! What you would say if somebody gave us to you? When I was a senior in high school. Oh shit! I performed slam poetry, and you're going to do it right. I wish. Now. I wish you I could remember any you, of that. Can you do it twenty? Can you do four seconds of? Can I you can't. Do any no, of it? I literally can't. What, what, you were really into it. So here's what happened. And maybe I'll give you, if this isn't a good enough secret, let you're, me know. You're definitely going to tell us about a murder in five minutes. That's yeah, all I know. I mean, that's how it works. <laughs> um, when I was a, a senior or maybe a junior in high school, I was, um, yeah, junior, because there, uh, there was this guy, Raph, who, uh, who was, I was friends with, and he was a slam poet. And he was a very smart guy. He was a very interesting dude. And I would always hang out after this. There was this art class. Yeah. And we had this open concept high school where there, it was built in the 70s. And it was just like a bunch of warehouses that were combined by hallways. Yeah. And they just put up dividers that if you stood up, you could see over into the next class. Right. Really distracting, really weird setup. And they were just like, it's so cool. It's the wave of the future. And then like, no, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> this is where I went to high school. And so in this art class that I took, me and Raph would hang out behind um, this like divider wall behind the teacher and this other like it was nobody was allowed back there and we just went back there and we were there the whole class and mm. she just didn't say shit to us because we were like yeah I guess we're working don't bother us right <laughs> she didn't care either and we were back there 
um, with this girl named Aaron. And Aaron was like the TA for this class. And Aaron was this girl. She was my uh, she was my high school crush. Mm-hmm. And a TA. And she was a TA. And you might recognize her if you listen to the show because we've shouted out her dairy farm in Massachusetts. Oh, yes. Because her and I are still friends. Uh, so, hey, Aaron, if you're listening, you know all about this uh, very funny side of my life. Here we go. But your Raph, cheese is fantastic. Raph would do poetry. And Aaron and Raph were dating. And I oh my God. was friends with Raph. Guys, this is juicy. And I had a crush on Aaron. We do not need any more secrets. And this she seems to be into the slam poetry. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> if my memory oh serves. Oh my God, that's fucking amazing! <laughs> so I started going with them. And we would drive uh, once a week an hour into Worcester. No! And we would perform Are you slam like, poetry. You at like, like, I like, see, maybe, okay, I'm not trying to knock slam poetry, right? People can like it, like, yeah, yeah. obviously, like, that's great. Was there part of you that's just like, what the fuck am I doing? So for me, there was this dude named Mike McGee who was like, uh, who was a well-known slam poet. He was like some national champion in some competition. And I listened to his stuff and I was like, oh, he's so funny. Yeah. He's just so funny. Right. And I was like, I love comedy and this is kind of like comedy. Yeah. And so I started writing stuff that was comedy based and it did not go over. Um, <laughs> it didn't work. Listen, I wrote I wrote this thing that I was like, this is purely going to be funny. And it was just called If Sex Were a Food Group. Right. And it was just like, just a bunch of stupid jokes and puns and people fucking hated it. Oh, but, they thought you are making fun of them? Yeah. Oh. But Aaron loved it. Yes. And she was like, you need to you need to give me a copy of that because I really think it's it's great. And so I'm just going to, sh- uh, long story short, uh, Raph and I have a falling out. <laughs> no, you do not get to call that quickly. What happened? Um, They broke up. Aaron and I got together. But like, were you like, oh no, like that guy? Or what were you I doing? was, yeah, I mean, it was... Listen, this is high school, not. <laughs> you didn't. Not, have, you could. It's fine. Like it's I don't totally know how, fine. You didn't like. You were like, "Hey, I'm gonna steal your girl or no, whatever." No, you but, had a crush on her. Meanwhile, they were dating, and, and then she, she had was, a crush on me while got, they had, were dating. So it was which clear, is kind of the so thing. he didn't realize that he was a third wheel the whole unintentionally, time. Unintentionally, yeah. And so they broke up, and her and I got together, and it was this whole messy thing, and it was weird and awful. Oh my but god! But Aaron and I dated for like. Two and a half, maybe three years what? after that. We dated into college. Well, I was at BU. Um, Aaron and I were dating through my sophomore year. So. <laughs> this is juice. This is I, so juicy. Listen, it's the weirdest relationship ever because it she's, ended. She's a goat. She's she's a goat? She's a goat lady? No, yeah, she's, she's a, a goat, goat lady. Yeah, so yeah. now she's a dairy farmer up in Massachusetts. And I she's the only friend that I still visit in North Andover. Are we, can we promote it? Is there a way people can buy it? I would. Um, I'll try to think of it for the intro because it used to be Dancing Goat uh, Dairy. And it might still be, but because she moved locations. She might have changed names. Guys, I'll be honest with you. When Jesse first met me, I never ate cheese. Like it's I, Not even because <laughs> I had a vendetta against it. Just my family never raised it on me. So I'm just like, if you're just not used to eating something, it just tastes weird to you, basically. Yeah. And they were like, you got to try this goat cheese. Right, that Aaron made. That Aaron made. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, you add a goat to the situation, I kind of don't want to have it even more. Aaron will mail goat cheese to me and Kristen from Massachusetts. And it is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It is amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Man, this is a whole part of my life that I blocked out. Um, So... So, you know, if anybody from my high school days is listening, wow, what a... 
What a thing high school can be. I did slam poetry and almost made it to the national championship. Dude! <laughs> I wanted you to go just so you could be like, I don't like this. I'm just here to have sex. I, um, I do remember uh, that I wrote this ironic poem, oh God, about uh, how faux manly I was. <laughs> And about like how intense my name is, and just like it was just basically making fun of how effeminate I am, and being like, I like. I'm myself just though. realizing because we made rap songs for our sketch shows that this probably helped you with that. I I've always been uh, musically and rhythmically inclined. I know that, but now this is like all coming together for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always been writing this kind of stuff for a long time. <laughs> I would write plays with Sam Zelich. I would write uh, slam poetry with Raph. I would write sketch shows with you. So it's a whole thing. This oh. Jesse's a phenomenal writer. That's all he's showing. Aristotle, how much time do we have? Really? Oh, okay, God. Cool. Thank God. Okay. Oh, man, this is going to be a long fucking Fantastic. episode. Fantastic. So we're back to Final Fantasy VII. Okay. So we're back. We went okay. to Calm. They've explained to you that Cloud knows Sephiroth. And basically, he was there, and he saw Sephiroth lose his goddamn mind. Yeah. So at the core of this game, Tiffa is, knows you. You guys have huge history. She knows she's, Sephiroth. She's only hanging around because she's scared. Yeah. And so the core of this game centers on this idea, this this single question of who is Cloud Strife. Right. And you get a ton of different permutations of what he is, what people believe he is. Um, the spoiler alert version of this. Yeah. Cloud is uh, a person who was also melded and created with a bunch of Genova cells in a lab by Hojo, the Shinra scientist. Right. And he is this kind of uh, first-generation puppet that Sephiroth is trying to control. But he was in the live stream. He's been injected with Mako. He's this hodgepodge of all these different kind of experiments. This is when the game gets confusing for people. <clears throat> it does. It and does. not like in a way that like, oh, I can't play this anymore. But just like, okay, Cloud's not like totally human, basically. Cloud's not totally human. Yeah. Uh, neither is Sephiroth. They're freaks that can kill the shit out of dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah really. Like, they're, they're <laughs> they killed monster a dragon killers. like immediately. Like, like no the... problem. That is one of my favorite things this, the game does in that story. It though. shows you how strong Sephiroth is. It lets is. you play as as Zack, and he's just n- cloud. cloud, quote unquote yeah. cloud. And then it lets you uh, lets you play as Sephiroth, and he is overwhelmingly powerful. And only like mid range powerful yeah. to Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Just basically like he has Blizzaga or he has that and he can take he has people bolt out. three. Yeah. And you can take him out or you can just use a sword and it's he just, looks it's a massive so disparity. Ass. That giant fucking sword. The first time you see that Sephiroth sword in the battle scene, you're like, Jesus Christ, it's a mile goddamn long. Right. It's enormous. It's and enormous. It's imposing. His whole his song is crazy imposing. His walk is terrifying. His sword is her is horrifying. And for people who doesn't haven't played Final Fantasy VII or that you missed it, I'm just gonna explain it to you this way. Kingdom Hearts is a massive game. Yeah. The hardest boss in Kingdom Hearts is Sephiroth. Yeah. Sephiroth is in Kingdom Hearts. Like yeah. he is far and away like Final Fantasy just admitting, like, this is the villain. Like yeah. and he is the most powerful villain that we've ever created. Yeah. Like Seymour, all these other people. It's crazy. He, it's just like, it doesn't matter. Like Sephiroth is it. He's the guy. Yeah. He is the one winged angel. Yes. He is part God. He is part person. He is Genova's descendant, so he might be part ancient. Right. Basically, he is this demigod who seeks to become a god. Right. It's crazy. And they're like, you have to go kill him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Small and problem, he controls me. Small problem, he controls me, he knows me, and also, we're going to get to another point very soon where you see how 
fucking strong he is, and they visually show you. Yes. With the snake. They kill a 30-foot a tall, tall cobra, and he mounts it on a tree trunk pike that he made and just walks on. If you guys ever saw the Superman movie where he takes a semi and makes it twist around a tree, it basically looks like that. It's nuts. You're like, what am I fighting? So for the longest time... You hear of Sephiroth. You see him in little glimpses, but mm. you mainly hear of him. And right. you see his dirty work. And he's they do such a great job of making him larger than life. Right. Okay, so before we get back, so we go over to the other side of the map. Let's talk about something that's really awesome about this game. Okay. Is the Chocobos. Chocobos are, <laughs> Chocobos yeah, are in all the games. But this is a game where it's literally like you turn Chocobos into your cars. You basically breed like chocobos. you breed Chocobos to make the strongest Chocobo. Could you breed Chocobos in any other game? No. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. It's like seven, especially with Chocobo. Like seven has so much depth and so many different things. That's why I talk about Final Fantasy VIII. I'm like, personally, it has like a lot more personal touch to me. But yeah. if you ask me, I was like, yeah, seven's way more in depth, has way more going it's on. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking and crazy. The first time you're introduced to chocobos, you're like, that's a cool big ostrich-looking bird. And they're like, no, you can capture them. I mean, that's that's the thing about, like, even 10 is like the knock against 10, which is like, it's linear and all the Final Fantasy yeah. games turn linear. Like, 7 is like, go explore, and when you're ready to hit the story, you're gonna do something yes. different, and then something different, and then Here's, here's the crazy thing. You could not get the chocobo and still cross that marsh. Right. You just grind and grind and grind until you can beat that snake. Here's the other crazy thing. You get to the end, other end of that mountain range, and you can go to that fucking reactor or not. Right. You can get Yuffie there or not. There's so much that's going on, and it's all just like, do you want to do it? You could just miss Yuffie. You could miss two You could miss two characters, characters who Yuffie have great Vincent, backstories. With amazing backstories. Vincent's backstory, which is completely tied in with Cloud's backstory and, and Aries. And Vincent low-key is like the cult favorite of the series. Yeah. Like people are like, Vincent's the fucking man. He's crazy <laughs> cool. And all of this is happening while the best open world theme ever is playing. Yeah. That song, as soon as you leave Midgar and you're out in the real world. Holy fucking shit! It, it does. It it's trying to find this balance, which is great in gaming and shows and movies or whatever. If you can take like the funness and not make it completely serious the whole time, like yeah. completely evil or completely happy, it's like always on that line, right? That, like death, but then them on the oh God. on the ship of them like dressing up as sailors or pretending to be so like it's all jokey They're and silly kind this, of. The, and I think so. That's why the main theme means so much to me. So the main theme has these incredibly hopeful overarching tones which right. you get in the game in its actual plot right it has these sad scary like very minor sounding tones that you get in the game it has foreboding tones it has quiet it has a, it's this big orchestral piece that encompasses all these different emotions and that's what the game is doing at its core right is it has these silly moments where red 13 and barrett have to dress up like sailors yeah but the next thing that happens in that is that a guy just gets killed in front of you and Sephiroth just fucking vampires up like he's a ghost into the goddamn like, furnace room. The ship room. is like everyone's dead on the ship. He it murders goes, everyone. It goes from looking at Red being like, I can't even stand on two feet. I look yeah. fucking ridiculous to, to like everyone's murdered. Dead. Everyone's dead. To then a beach town. To like a beach town where like, dude, he, what's his name? Hugo, Hojo. Hojo's hanging out on the beach tanning with it, all his clothes it's on. It's so ridiculous. It's, he's surrounded by beautiful women. He's like yeah. 80 or whatever. It's so <laughs> fucking crazy. This game is, it takes so many twists and turns 
And you're just trying to get the entire time. You're just like, I, I just need to know what the fucking deal with Cloud is. I need to know what the deal with Ares is, what the deal with Sephiroth is. What the fuck is this story? Okay, so let's, okay. So we get to a point where we get to the other side of the world, okay, and we're, we get to Juno. Yes. All right, we get to Juno, and Juno is the first place where you find Shiva. This is where you dress up as a different character. You dress up as soldier or right. Shinra, what have you. Um, this is a part where you start to understand, like, everyone's feelings. Like, Barrett is this very aggressive, angry person, but extremely sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, if there's a little girl at all in help, he just breaks down. Like, yeah, because it reminds him of his daughter. Of, of his daughter, and, like, that's what means everything to him. So all these characters, like, every character is fully fleshed yeah. out completely. And it's weird that it's, like, this is just a video game, and it's not, like, fully elongated. It's, like, you won't realize, like, Oh, we're, the part of the story we're at now is we're wrapping up who Barrett is. This um, this game was the first game that told me that every character will have its own movie in the game. Right. When we found out what the deal with Barrett's arm was. Oh, dude. When we found out uh, Tiffa's backstory as it relates to Cloud when she's like, you didn't show up. Mm-hmm. We find out, oh my God, we have got to talk about Cosmo Canyon and Red 13. Okay. So... So let's get to Juno. Okay. Let's let's let's. I want to make sure because I, I want people. Well, I through. want people to be like because they hit all the notes. Because, no, like even before we get to Cosmo Canyon, dude. Like the thing I want to talk about. What I was trying to hint at was Golden Saucer. Yeah, dude. Seeing the Golden Saucer for the first time and seeing that difference between going to that mining town and not yeah. understanding like why did Barrett just get people punched fucking in, hate him. Barrett just got punched in the face, which is like he earned it. He's earned it. He, not that Barrett got punched in the face. And he took it. And he's like... And he didn't punch back. And he's just like... And you're like, what is going on? Barrett hates himself. He hates himself completely. So much. He has so much guilt and you don't know why. Yeah. And see... But from just going... Just fear mental visual explosion to go from gray, 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 tense, tense, tense to be like, hey, get in Here's this Disneyland. tram. To show up to this bright pink, yellow... Just, so just like the top. You are now in an amusement park. You're going to play games. Yeah. Like You're going to do all the stuff that's like, what is going on? And you feel like you as a player who's genuinely like, ooh, I really want to explore this. Like yeah. this looks really cool. And everyone's looking at Barrett, like, Barrett, you good? And he's like, and he's so no, sad the I'm time. not good. Like, go play your fucking game. Yeah. And you're like, dude, like, what is going on? Yeah. And you as a player is like, I care, but I also really just want to explore. And it's like insane that it actually can pull you into that feeling. It's you start to feel empathetic towards these polygons. Yeah. Triangles. Yeah. But you start to be like, I'm concerned about this triangle and yeah. how this triangle feels. And, I mean, I get it. It's it's amazing. It's impressive. And then, you know, you meet the most useless character ever in Final Fantasy VII, Kate Sith, who's just there hanging out like a big ball of marshmallow there, who gives a fuck. She, there is... Okay, so I will take that back. That's probably the only character I just always forget about. Yeah, as well there's you no, should. like... Well, because his name is Reeves. And it's just a person. It's a person in Midgar whose and name so, is Reeves. So really, the character's like a machine, mm-hmm. basically. You meet him at Juno, but like not even really, right? You come up on him if you go into one of the one of the the barracks. I believe it's he's asleep and he's like, "Oh, they made me travel for this trip. I don't feel well." That's all he says. He's like asleep, trying to not feel the sick. whole game. That's all he says in that moment. He's in the meeting room whenever you're like you're spying on Shinra, and then later on where they when they move Sister Ray up into Midgard to fight gotcha. weapon and all that stuff. He's around, but as Kate Sith, you don't know that that's him for most of the game. Yeah, that character's kind of forced on you. Yeah, and he's forced on you kind of as um. If that character isn't forced on you, Ares' death means so much less. Right. Because somebody has to die to get the black materia. 
but he doesn't really die. He's just a machine. Right. He and just so keeps he, making they, new ones. They get rid of him, and it's like you don't you feel nothing for him, and that's that's fine because in a minute you're gonna feel fucking everything. Right. So so he's we, kind of a he's kind of a Deus Ex Machina. For so that. we get to Golden Saucer. There's a point where somebody's going around shooting everybody. And yeah. They're like, hey, there's some guy with a with a gun, gun on, on his, his hand, hand like, for a hand for a hand, and he's killing people. And you're like. Did Barrett lose his fucking mind and start yeah. killing people? Yeah. And then you find out that there is a giant prison in the middle of the desert yeah. underneath the Golden Saucer. Which, if you told me that was true about Disneyland, I I'd would be believe like, of course. I, I, absolutely. Of course. There's definitely dead bodies underneath Disneyland. Un- I mean, it's that thing, I'm, I would be shocked if Disneyland wasn't powered by just crushed up bones <laughs> of former employees. I, that's got to be how it's, it's... Listen, anything that quote-unquote happy is the most evil thing in the anything world, no problem. Anything where they're forced to be happy. Yeah, it's, pretty it's not... No, so, no. So you end up in this prison, and you find out that basically this desert town used to be a full-fledged mining town. Right. And this is where Barrett used to live. Yes. And this was his town. This was his town... And he sold it out to Shinra because he wanted people to have more money. He thought it was the way of the future. Future, Hence why he hates Shinra now. And there's this other guy, Dine? Dine, yeah. Dine, D-Y-N-E, who also uh, got his hand shot off by Scarlet and the likes. And he's kind of gone even crazier. Yeah, because like, he's, he's, even cra- he's just crazy, basically. And Barrett has to kill him. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's his daughter's godfather. And he's mortified to have to do it, and he kills him, and it's just... And then you gotta race chocobos to get out, and then they give you a fucking go-kart. <laughs> it takes everything out. It takes the wind out of, like, welcome to the amusement park. It's like, duh, shit got real yeah. very fast. This game is just back and forth, back and forth. When I look at the emotional highs and lows of this game, they're so constant. It's it's a complete roller coaster of what you experience Every little thing is a new twist and turn, and then along the way, they plant little seeds of what's to come. You know, when you get down to that reactor around where Zach grew up, um, you have that moment where uh, Scarlet and I think it's uh, I think it's Rudy from the Turks are looking for materia at this yeah. reactor, and you're like, "What the fuck? What are they doing here?" Which makes it great because you're like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be in this town. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to be here." Everything. That's the thing about uh, Final Fantasy VII. So we talked about how Final Fantasy X is linear. And Final Fantasy VII isn't, but it is. They just don't tell you it they, is. They reward you for you being curious. Yeah, they reward it. But it is still linear. It's just um, we didn't we didn't even talk about the Chandra that was on top of the mountain. That's nope. like trying, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about that strategy. There's so much. There's shit. so much. But before we get to that, Jesse. Oh God damn it. Um. Oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. So. Um, oh God, I know what's coming. <laughs> It's everyone's favorite I game. know it is. I know it is. She sent me a text last night <laughs> saying, hey, I think I did an, an uh-oh. Um, Jesse heard me playing Kid Chameleon. Yes! Oh, this is a, this is an amazing thing that happened. Yeah. So what did she say? What happened? Because uh, so I almost freaked out. I was not like I'm going to yell at her, but just being like, fuck. Like, so literally, okay. half a second of the song played. Okay. And she muted it. Yeah. I was sitting next to her. I was playing a game. And then the first thing that happens with Kid Chameleon is just being like, bow. Half of that played, and then she muted it. And I stopped, and I went, are you playing Kid Chameleon? Oh, my God. And she was like, how did you know that? Oh, God. I know she was like, uh-oh, Keith, this, this. And then I was like, she's, she's like, but I think we're fine. I, I had a pretty good oh backup. Oh, my God. To- yeah. So, wow. Guys, we're doing it. Can you guess the name of the video game based on if somebody doesn't play video games, describe the video game to us! 
Yes! Oh God, do I know my girlfriend's Jessie brain Neal well enough? Edition! This is the most pressure I've ever felt. I fucking love this. Kristen, okay. you're the goddamn best. Okay, um, let's see what we got. Number one. Wait, and again, I'll just explain. I'll take work? it through. I'll take it through. So this is, uh, Jesse has a wonderful girlfriend named Kristen. I do. And, uh, she's great. Kristen, she, I love you. She doesn't play video games very much, but... She's she getting, loves, more, into she's them getting more into them lately. getting more into them lately. So what it's going to do is I'm going to give you a hint. Mm-hmm. You have three hints. Okay. You can guess as many. You can guess until you get there. After every single time you guess, we'll move on to the next question. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. God, I knew you I've always been afraid of this moment. You've been afraid of it? I've always been afraid of this game because it's the ultimate test of do I understand my girlfriend? I think you understand her. I think you'll get these, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. okay. Number one. Okay. I felt completely underdressed not wearing shoulder pads or purple eyeshadow while listening to the opening credits. I felt completely underdressed. Oh, damn it. Not wearing shoulder pads or purple eyeshadow while listening to the opening credits. Opening credits. Okay. Um. God damn. Final Fantasy X. No. Okay. Next one. Ha! The bad guys are wearing cut-off jean jackets and knee pads. A very specific kind of evil. Cut-off jean jackets and knee pads. Cut-off jean jackets and knee pads. A very specific kind of evil. Streets of Rage. Jesse Neal gets it! (laughs) Next one was luckily the police show up in the light Carmen Sandiego on fire. That's how I learned. Yeah. That's how I learned. Red latex is incredibly flammable. Oh, nice! You know what they say: eat an apple every day after just <laughs> disintegrating an outmoded public facility with the power of your kick <laughs> keeps the doctor away. Blonde guy kicks a telephone booth, and an apple appears. Oh, Kristen, I love you. Very impressive. On All right, second one, for one. One, one, one for one. One for one. One for one. Ooh. Ooh. The Loch Ness monster was just a machine the whole time. Mega Man 3. No. Oh, I thought I had that one right off the bat. You're basically the mascot of a Drano commercial. (laughs) Oh, I have to rethink everything. (laughs) You're basically... Okay, so I don't think it's Drano that she's referencing, but I do think it's a scrubbing thing where you're this brush. (laughs) I got it, didn't I? No, it's just so funny because it's like a chipmunk does it. She meant squirrel. Yeah, she meant squirrel. I know. I know what she's saying. It's not Drano, but I know what she's saying. Say the first one again. Um, the Loch Ness monster was just a machine the whole time. Okay, you're basically the mascot of a Drano commercial. Okay, so <laughs> Jesse's doing his Stevie Wonder impression. Eyes closed, side to side, trying to think. Um, okay, so you look like a brush. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you look like a brush. It's a very good brush. You look like a brush, and the Loch Ness monster was a machine. So okay, so there's this lizard thing that was machine-like. You want to take a guess? Um, you want to get on the second one? I know, but I don't. I don't know that I have. How many hints do I get? Four for each one. Dude, I'm gonna give you a bunch. Okay, give me the. She, give she me gave the, me. She gave me a bunch. So I'm gonna keep going. Uh, you're. You're flying a drone built by Cub Scouts toward the Iron Throne made of chessboard and mustache instead of swords. You're flying a drone built by Cub Scouts toward the Iron Throne made of chessboard and mustache instead of swords. 
Well, that didn't help. Uh, <laughs> okay. If the thrown stars shoot boogers at your only hope is to swim for the sludge tubes. Damn it, Kristen. Oh, God. This one okay. is rough. So it's like Drano, no, I, sewers, uh, machines, um, mustaches. I mean, it seems too simple. What is it? Say the say them all again. You want me to say all those again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> The Loch Ness yes, Monster was just a machine the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're basically the mascot of a Drano commercial. Okay. You're flying a drone built by Cub Scouts toward the Iron Throne made out of chessboards and mustache instead of swords. Right there. Okay. You're flying a drone made by Cub Scouts towards an Iron Throne made of mustache. Chessboard. Chessboards. And mustache instead so, of swords. checkered throne-like thing. Mustache is going to off your screen. Fuck, man. I'm going to do this one. It's basically a metaphor for your 20s. You're throwing yourself around. All is chaos. Sometimes you score. Sometimes you get a ring. Sometimes you get to spin on a completely different place that you started. Mostly everything you touch is toxic. Kristen, you're the funniest fucking person in the world. <laughs> you have played this game. These are games you've played. I know they I'm, are. I did it. I say that last one. It's a metaphor for your twenties. It's basically a metaphor for your twenties. You're throwing yourself around. Okay. All is chaos. Sometimes you score. Sometimes you get a ring. Yep. Sometimes you spit out a completely different place and you start it. And mostly everything you touch is toxic. Jesse, what game is this? Sonic Spinball. Yes, it <laughs> is. <laughs> Fucking rights. <laughs> Fucking rights. What? Uh, Jesse. Very fuck. impressive. I can't believe you guys threw spinball at me. Dude, that's what I chose instead of Kid Chameleon. She was wow. like, she's like, he heard Kid Chameleon. I was like, I got to pick a different game. Wow. Because the moment I show up, he's going to be like, is this one Kid Like, he's yeah. just going to know one of these is going to be Kid Chameleon. Fuck. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Kristen's amazing at these. We got three of these? We got three of these. Okay, the last one. one more. Two for two-ish. Two for two. <laughs> two for two-ish. Definitely two for two. Wooden boxes are magnetic, apparently. Wooden boxes are magnetic, apparently. Okay. Little wooden boxes are drawn to you. So it's like you kill a thing and then it's um it's like in Kingdom Hearts where you the things can be magnetized towards you. I'm gonna say Kingdom Hearts. No. Okay. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to burp fish, that's really gross. <laughs> Why did you do that? Kristen. I'm going to speak directly to you now for this part. (laughs) You're quoting the only tweet of mine that you've ever loved. (laughs) And I know this. I once tweeted, if you give a mouse a cookie, you feed him for a day. If you teach a mouse a cookie, that's not a thing. (laughs) That's a great book, though. And Kristen... Still to this day, like we'll the quote f- that back to me is like, that's my favorite thing you've ever written. I'm like, that was a throwaway joke. I've written scripts. I've written shows. <laughs> I've, I've done so much in my life, and that's what you love. Uh, Say it again. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to burp, burp fish, fish, that's really gross. Why did you do that? To burp fish. Burp that fish, bro. Oh, man. Why the fuck? And what was the first one? Uh, for some reason, wooden boxes are Magnetic. magnetic. Fuck, and you teach a man to burp fish. So somebody's coughing up a fucking fish. Disgusting. Disgusting. Wooden crates are drawn to you. I'm still a man to burp fish. A man to burp fish. If it was a fish to burp fish, my guess would be Mega Man 2. Okay. 
but I don't know. No. Uh, this is a clue especially for Jesse from Kristen. She wrote that. Okay. We would fundamentally disagree on how to make the quiz essential sound effects for this game. You know what it is. Do it's it. It's a whip sound. Oh. Okay. Is that the sound? I assume. I don't know. It doesn't say. Okay. So whip games. Whip game. It's a Friends episode. Simon's Quest. Burping. No. Oh, damn it. Traffic cones on a treadmill at the most vindicative angle possible. Vindictive. I'll do that again. Traffic cones are on a treadmill at the most vindictive angle possible. About as usual as traffic cones in any other moment of life. To burp. A man burps. A fish. There's a whip sound. At the beginning, there's a pig singing the Ferris Bueller's Day Off song. <laughs> is, that, is that what she wrote? Yeah. Uh, I've given you a lot of hints. Oh, f- okay. Wooden boxes are magnetic. Crates are magnetic. Uh, there's a whip. You love this game. Persona 5. No. Damn it. There's no more hints, are there? No, there's another one. Okay. Totally un- unexpectedly, you learn that Pixar had an illicit affair with the Lady Garbage King. <laughs> <laughs> totally unexpectedly, you learn that the Pixar that Pixar had an illicit affair with his Lady Garbage Can. Pixar had an affair they with They had his? a baby... Who I'm naming? Hold on. They had a baby who I'm naming Buddy Pixar, and he's pretty bitter. There's a lamp attached to the garbage can on the wheels that terrorizes Jimmy the Worm. If you want bones and bird snaws raining from the sky on you, you might need to make use of your taffy pony. Earthworm Jim. Yes, it (laughs) is. Fuck me. We Fuck. got there. This has been. Can you guys name a video game based on somebody who plays video games? Do us. Holy shit. Very good. <laughs> so, we get to Cosmo Cannon. Dino oh, man. says, hey, here's a fucking Humvee, right? He's yeah. like, here's a fuck. I'm Dino. I don't wear a shirt. Dino or Dio? Is it Dio? Dio. Dio. Dio is a shirtless jack dude who owns Disney World, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's oiled like, up He's constantly. like, hey, what's up? I thought you guys killed a bunch of people, but I was wrong. Take my Hummer that I got from Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and go wherever you need to go with it. And for some reason, the Hummer breaks down like five seconds later. It's linear, but not. Linear, but not. And it breaks down in right front in Cosmo. front of Cosmo Canyon. Keith, what is Red 13's birth given name? Uh, fuck, I forget. What's his name? Nanaki. That's probably why I'm like, I would just botch it. His father's <laughs> name? I forget. Seto. Seto. Yeah, I would not know that. And his godfather's name, what? who you meet everywhere because he's floating around? Yes. I don't know, Bungadian or something? <laughs> I never once in all my life bothered to say his name out loud. It became a, a, a shape to me. You're just like, yeah. I know that shape. That's who that character is. <laughs> when it's like the words were a shape, the letters, I was like, got it. So, Mostly understand. So they're playing Native American music. Yes, they are. I don't, would that be the proper term to use? Uh, it is definitely music that is uh, steeped in Native American culture. So you're supposed to feel like these people are connected with the earth. Exactly. This is what it's most, like, it is, the uh, the direct comparison is the, uh, the people who live at Cosmo Canyons are as close to Native Americans in our world as we right. get. So like, these are the people who truly love the earth, they don't need... Technology. They don't need, they don't need anything. anything. They just want to like live their life, with and they've them. been here for ever, and they're super fucking and happy. This is where you find out that basically 
<laughs> like the world's going to end. Yes. <laughs> this like this has one of the most beautiful moments of the entire game, and it's seeing the like 3D hologram reenactment of what happens when the life stream gets sucked dry, sucked dry by Shinra. They're basically being like, we're depleting the world's natural resources. Planets die. So it's not like. So it's not like the world's gonna be destroyed for this one thing. Like, this game is like, the world could be destroyed five different ways. Yeah. It could be Sephiroth decides to destroy it, there's a meteor that's gonna come here, mm -hmm. or that we suck the life energy completely out yeah. of the Earth and we just all die. And you, dude, who still doesn't understand who he is. Un you don't know who you are. Yeah. You gotta, you're, you're apparently the one that we've charged with fixing this because you seem cool and calm and collected. This happens in every Final Fantasy game, which is a character is like, they're calm, they're confident, they're usually very great at what they do, but they're also like, why the Fuck me. There are nobody. There are young why? nobody. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> You're just because. You'll find out later, but just because. Yeah. Now. Just because. You are the one with strength. You are the one. This, um, Nanaki or Red 13's backstory is one of the most soul crushing things in the world. It's understanding, like, all these characters, like, not realizing we're going to be wrapping up character stories. Yeah. Not realizing that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That you're going to complete the individuals be with whom you're traveling. Because they tell you, like, hey, you're going to go here for this reason, and then you find out, like, that was a very small reason for really why you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just passing through. We need this thing repaired. Oh, Red 13, this is where you live. Oh, you're ashamed of your father but love your mother. He, oh. He was told his father bailed when they were attacked by, by the army. tribe. So they were like, he's like, oh, my father's a coward. That's all I know is my father. Yep. And so, uh, Bungadian or whatever his name is. <laughs> Bud. Let's call him Bud. Let's call him Bud. So Bud's like, yo, come with me. It's right. going to be dangerous. And you go into the canyon and you find out that he didn't run. He, he gave his life. Yeah. So they could lock the door behind and that everybody could be safe. Which is the fucking hardest, like... It's the... And he's still basically he's, alive and tortured. He's just dead, but alive at the same time. He's this he's, living... He's fending off the gi even as, like, he is he is in his statue form He now. is crying... There's a point where he cries. cries. materia. Yeah. He cries materia down onto his son who finally learns what his sacrifice was and howls at him to thank him. Dude! Yeah. You made me feel for a fucking lion thing. Yeah. You know what? Like, what? Yeah. This game is incredible. This game is phenomenal. It's, the uh, it's so, like, there's just so much. It all just keeps happening. Was, was that also the first Final Fantasy? Do you know, this probably might be two specific questions. Is this the first Final Fantasy game where they're like, here's an undead boss. You can just put Phoenix yes, down on him and kill him. you can just, or, or an X-Potion. Or an X-Potion. Yeah. And yeah, you can, uh. Because you do I, that in 8 as well. You do that in 6 as well. You okay, kill so a ghost train with the Phoenix that, There's so, tons of stuff like that. There has to be some of yeah. There's all sorts of stuff Ten, like that. 10, there's nothing like that. Um, is there a boss? There no. might be, because uh, you can inflict zombie on stuff. You can inflict zombie on the boss of the game in 10 and then uh, and then hit it with full life and it'll kill it. Oh, that's, yeah. Um, so stuff like that all over. This this game just, uh, like, I almost just want to talk about the impact of the characters. Okay. Because, like, at this point in the game, you are playing as Cloud and you're like, yeah, my guy's got it together, and he's a little bit confused, but he's still like keeping things under wraps, and he's he's doing well. Like I'm capable. And at this point in the game, you look at Barrett, and you're like, he's so tortured. His life is so unfortunate. We haven't even met everybody. We haven't even met everybody. Uh, we know Yuffie now, and she's kind of this like this like plucky kid ninja thing. You kind of like, don't know what her deal is. You don't know what her deal is at all, and you're kind of distrustful of her because you're like, she just is going to try to steal my material. She brags about stealing your shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> That's all she does. Tifa is holding back on you. Mm -hmm. Red is this terrifying, this very sad past. And then there's Ares. Mm -hmm. And throughout all of this, 
you've learned that her mother died. Her father died in the war. Then her mother died. Uh, the war, by the way, which takes place in Yuffie's hometown of, of Wutai. And you find out that her mom isn't her real mom, that she's related back to the ancients. She's the key to everything. Shinra is after her. She's been kidnapped. She also has a relationship with uh, with Sang from the Turks, and that's all complicated. She's basically like a secret fairy in a way that like she's, no one really knows. Like she is this mystical being that no one really knows. The least narcissistic of all the characters. Yeah. The most selfless, which is why so many people attach to her because she's so caring. Right. And compassionate. And so at this point in the game, you're getting ready. Uh, to find out more about Nibelhelm and what happened there. You're becoming more comfortable. I think at this point we start to get to like level 30s, yeah. 40s. We're, like a little... we're like in the 20s and like we haven't even met Sid. That's we what I'm saying. It's like Vincent. Once you get to Sid, it's like that's kind of like a third way into the level. I yeah. Feel like, yeah. There's just so much going on, but at no point does it feel rushed. It all just feels like you're genuinely connecting with these characters and you're enjoying yourself the whole way. You're also building up to a thing a game has never done to you before. Which is? You have a character you've been playing as this whole time. Tell me Ares isn't in your party, because she's the healer. She's the mage, right? Right. She's in your party this whole game. You play as her until she leaves from the Temple of the Ancients, and then she's gone. And then you like don't, you're just like, I'll get her back, or whatever exactly. the hell you think it is. And this game is building up to like, Everything in video games is permanent. There's always a happy ending. This game is your first experience with Game of Thrones. Where it's like, where shit can be ripped away from you. And they're just building up Ares as this amazing person, as this selfless person. And then in in the height of her character arc, she proves to you just how selfless she is. And then you pay the price as the gamer for being in the game. Okay, so before we get to that. Yeah. Before we get to the Temple of the Ancients. Right. Cosmo Canyon. Yes. We leave. Yes. Where do we go next? We go to Nibelhelm. Go to Nibelhelm. We just go to Cloud. We just, you're like, you have PTSD basically when you get yep. to this fucking place because you're like, isn't this where we were? Is yeah. Tiff and I? Because it burned down five years yeah, ago. Yeah, like, what the to hell? Cloud's story. You told, what about the story? Like, what is going on? Like, who's yeah. lying? Who's not lying? Like, yeah. what is the hell is going on? And Tiff is quiet. And you go into her room and you can have flashbacks. You can play the piano. You can play the open world theme on the piano in yeah. her room. Cool little shit like that. And then uh, you go into the mansion, and because the, they're like all these shrouded figures now are starting to show up, right? All of these clones, all these people that you're not sure what they are, and they're they're um, they're they, very cryptically talking about Sephiroth being in the in the Shinra mansion. They they all just have black cloaks. Yeah. they all seem like they've been burned, possibly, but they're all just deformed. Yeah, they're clouds. struggling. They're shitty clouds. They're shitty clouds. And you go into the mansion and you find Sephiroth, and he's very cryptic now. One of the things the Japanese version does that the English version doesn't quite do as much is it has a lot of um, a lot of ways of speaking highfalutinly right. while using the same basic tone. And it's only in text that you see it. Sephiroth talks like a fucking weirdo alien god the entire game yeah. in the Japanese version. Whenever you're reading the English version and the Japanese version, he was very like... It was very different. His tone always seemed otherworldly. He didn't belong on Earth. He, I like, honestly, I had like sympathy for the fucking guy because the way yeah. they showed him was just like, he's like, I'm a freak. I'm, yeah. Like, what am I? Yeah. I'm this. And then he has to read thousands of books about what yeah. he really is. And he's like, 
I shouldn't be here. It's on, a lot. It's a fucking lot. Everybody's guys. story is on. Everybody in this game would do great to have some therapy and relax. Right, exactly. <laughs> and just chill the fuck out. Like I'm the one winged angel. I should be at the core of Earth. Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah. I get, but I guess I'm not. I, I, I just saw Major Pain in theaters two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? It was good, it was good, but for somebody who's a demigod, I don't know. I feel like I could have done better. <laughs> I'm so I don't know. So, so we get Naval Helm. It's not burned down, and then we find Vincent. Vincent, if you get if you uh, if you fight the the monster in the safe and, and do all the fucking side mission, which is difficult. Right. It is a hard thing to fight in the Shinra Mansion because everything is status ailments. Tifa kind of falls in your lap a little bit. Not like complete, like she isn't easy, but like if you fuck up talking you mean to Yuffie? her, Yuffie, Yuffie, yeah. yeah. If you fuck up Yuffie, if you fu- mess up talking to her, you can just go back. You just go, yeah, you keep going back yeah. and you can until you get her basically exactly. on your squad. And Vincent's like, no, nah, you have to do some stuff. You have to do some serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to talk to him correctly. And then you got to leave. And right. then you got to say the right shit. Like he's this tortured soul. And his backstory comes out later in like, I think, disc three. And it's bonkers. It's crazy. It's bonkers, dude. Okay. So we get Vincent. Yep. We go Nibelhelm. Right. We're in the mountains. Right. And then we get down. And this is a boss. This boss always screwed with me because I think it was like, oh, you're totally screwed if you get to this point because it's hard to go back if you aren't like totally prepared. The boss at the end of Nibelhelm. It's like this. Uh, the scorpion thing? Yeah, it looks like a scorpion, basically. Yeah. And it was like, I always remember that boss because I never was totally prepared yeah. every single time I got to it. And it's just like you're stuck because yeah. you have to go back so far just to even- It cast like, Trine, I think, which yeah. is like this yeah, pretty it, it, intense it, spell. It's hard with a lot of RPGs. That's why grinding is so important yeah. because if you just get to a point you're like, I need to kill this boss and you really can't go back, you're just kind of screwed. I, I loved grinding in this game and I still do. I find it very calming. Um so yeah, the grinding like that boss was that boss wasn't the one that that fucked with me a lot. What was the boss that fucked with you a lot? Oh man, it's been so long since I haven't known what's coming that I haven't just grinded. Right. Um, I think the boss in Wu Tai for long the, the first couple of ones was like, oh god, this guy's harder than I thought. At he the, was so the end of the game. Uh, no, in Yuffie's hometown. Yeah, like in third disc, right? I guess probably. Yeah. I don't know. First discs to me are like the harder ones because you're like, I don't know the timing. I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, like I didn't understand when you were in the first reactor when it's like, don't attack when its tail is raised. I was like, what the fuck? Because I'd never seen a <laughs> yeah, game do that. Know. So I was like, I'm going to fucking attack this thing. And then it killed me. I was like, I think I see what you're going for now. I think I got your subliminal messaging. Okay, so you beat that boss. We go down. And then you show up in this random town where there's an abandoned rocket. Yeah. It's an abandoned... It's All like, of a sudden, there's a space program on this planet, and you didn't know about it. It's you're like, we... It, they can't go to space, but there's magic and stuff, but yeah. nobody can figure out how to go to space, basically. It's nuts. So this just goes on. You meet Sid. Sid's... He's so angry. He's so angry, and comparatively to everybody else's story... His is the least shittiest. Yeah. You didn't get to go to space. Yeah. Boo fucking who, Yeah, you're dude. still, like, the guy. I, like, you can get pissed off of this, like, your assistant. Shira. If you want. Shira. But, like, you, Barrett's hand is gone. Let's, let's also call it, like, your assistant. That woman loves you, you piece of shit. Is that how she loves him? Dude. Dude. He dude. treats her like shit. Girl, go and find something around. else. You need to go do something else. Girl, you need to go do Girl. something else. Barrett is right there. He is hunky. He, he is, is big. He has a metal arm and that he, fires bullets. And he's clearly single because you can go on a date with him. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You can. It takes some effort, but you can do it. So you find out through Sid, basically, that uh, Sid is another character that joins you, and he is the 
angrier version of Barrett. Yeah. And more, but like, I don't understand. Is he the more white privileged version of Barrett? He really is. He's the more white privileged version. He swears all the time, is angry, but fucking loves flying. Loves yeah. like, he's very obsessed with that sort of yeah. thing. So like, he becomes your captain and all that sort of stuff. Um, and this is when the game does a really cool job, just even showing like the maps or what have you, oh, understanding yeah. like, Okay, the if deep I, water versus deep the shallow water, the water river. Because you get on the tiny Bronco, which right. is a Sid's broken plane. plane. It breaks down, but it still works as a flotation device, and its propellers can move you forward in the water. And this is when you can find out Yuffie's backstory. I'm like, I mean, by then, dude, you should have been able to fix that plane. Yeah, that's probably, probably, probably. It's, it's probably pretty waterlogged. Okay, and then we get to, this is where essentially you start to slowly get to the Temple of Ancients, where the game, right. the game I feel like, changes. And yeah. like you were saying, because the moment Ares is gone, you're like, what's happening? Well, see, this game to me feels like for like 25 hours now, it's been going, this game is about Cloud, this game is about Cloud, this game is about Cloud. Then yeah. you get to the Temple of the Ancients, and holy fuck, Ares is the whole reason we're here. Right. She's the one who can communicate with the consciousness or the knowledge of the ancients. And she's the one who can interact with this place and understand what's going on. Um, they see there's so many, there's so many little things that happen in this temple. And there's so many crazy puzzles and cutscenes. It's such like a mind fuck to go through all those staircases outside and try to get back inside. But at the end of it, there's this heartbreaking moment with Kate Sith reading his reading Cloud and Ares' fortune. They're like their star alignment. And even that, this this moment even manages to make Kate Sith like a cool character. Where he's like, "You guys are perfect for each other." And the music is so kind and simple. It might actually be Kate Sith's theme that they're playing. But, like, there's so much going on at this portion, and it all centers around Ares. It's Ares' relationship with Cloud. It's Ares' relationship with the Ancients. It's Ares' rela- relationship with the Earth. They mention Lifestream for the first time. They introduce Meteor for the first time. Right. Which is a typographical error because it's actually Meteo, which is a callback to a spell from Final Fantasy IV. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, fuck that boss. Fuck that, I mean... That fucking wall boss. <laughs> I mean, fuck that boss. But you see Bahamut for the first time. You, you see fucking, Bahamut for the first time. Oh, there's dude. so much that happens. Yes, yeah, like the game is now kicked into like advanced. Yeah, like, you and, are now comfortable playing this. And game. this is where Sephiroth's like, hey, fuck you. Here's what the game's really about. And all of a sudden you're Cloud, and he's controlling you, and you're beating the shit out of Ares. And then she bolts. You, you're in this dream world. You're in the the lost forest outside of uh, outside of the, the city of the ancients, and Ares is descending, and you're descending, and you're talking to each other, almost in this telepathic way. And there's a there's a there's a, a a line in the English version that where he's like, she's like, don't worry, and he's like, I can't help it. And she goes, so why don't you really worry? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what does that mean? And in the Japanese version, it essentially translates to. Um, don't stress about this. And he says, I can't help but stress. And she says, well, if stressing is the person that you are, then stress as much as you possibly can. Right. And I love you and accept you for doing that regardless. You do that. I'm going to go take care of that. So the only thing you have to do is stress. Mm -hmm. So in her last conversation with Cloud, she has this moment of saying, hey, I'm going to take care of you because I still accept you for who you are. And I'm still my, I'm still the boss of this shit, mm-hmm. and I still get shit done, and that's what I'm about to go do. Right. It's this amazing dramatic moment where she's like, "I'm gonna go die now," 
And, and you don't really know that, yeah. but you're trying to save her. Like, yeah. you're just trying to get to her before something happens. Like, yeah. that's your whole goal is yeah. to try to find her. So she's gone. She's gone. She's not part of your party anymore. Nope. You have all these items and weapons and all this gear that's just supposed to be just for Ares because that's the game where it's like these weapons are only specifically for those characters. And it's gone. And it's gone. So. Is that the end of disc one? Well, we didn't even get to. One. Doesn't it end at him getting to the city? He ends at the city. Oh, it shit. happens right before. Yeah, you're right. So we have to talk about he yeah, goes to the right. forest. What is the forest called? You have to like go like the hidden forest. You have to go to archaeology. You have to like blow up the yep. do the excavating. Excavating. You have to find the key. You can find other things there yep. and stuff like that. Get through the forest. Uh, you start to like explore this city. That's it's like the city of it's ancients. Dead. It's yeah, it's dead. A, it's the city of the ancients, and it's dead, and there's nobody anywhere. And, and you can like feel Ares around. Yeah. Like, you can feel her. She's yeah. somewhere, and you can't find her. And so you go back into this weird like shell thing, and you go down to the bottom of the stairs and you see Ares and she's praying in this altar and you jump up to her just cloud and you try to talk to her and Sephiroth takes control of you again and the game does a great job at this point of making you feel like you know you can press any button you want and cloud struggles to get out of this situation he's in but he literally can't move oh doesn't he do the things like I don't know he does the I don't know thing like over and over he and can, like he shrugs he his shoulders over and over at and the over beginning oh, okay, but then yeah. once he draws his sword if you try to move him it's almost like he's stuck like his feet won't move they're in cement and right. he can't move from his spot and you just have to slowly raise the sword before people yell stop and then the last thing she does is look up and smile, and then Sephiroth descends and kills like her. Like she knows. She knew the whole time. She's... And then the single like most important moment of my childhood in gaming, the most... Music doesn't change. The mu- uh, Before it even gets there, the materia in her hair, the holy materia, falls from her braid... As it hits, that's the downbeat of Ares' theme for the first time. And as yeah. it hits on the second bounce, that's the downbeat for the second measure. And then the music starts up. Her death is the catalyst for her theme. Ooh. And then we have the moments of Sephiroth telling Cloud that he's... Well, he doesn't finish it. He's, he's like, you're not. And then he drops Genova on him. And you fight Genova, all while Ares' music is still playing. That music hasn't gone away. It's too dramatic of a moment from a game-making perspective, for anything to have changed audibly, you have to fight this boss with all the sound effects and all the damage that you're trying to do while Ares' theme is playing as this constant reminder that, hey, this boss, this doesn't fucking matter. Your friend just died. Like, the person you built up for 40 hours or however long just died. And you're devastated by that. You are speeding through this boss to figure out if there's maybe a way you can save her, if there's anything that you can do. And then you beat the boss... And Sephiroth finishes his phrase, you are a puppet. And he tells you that he's controlling you. And then you drop Ares down to the bottom of the pool in the City of the Ancients to never be seen again to her own theme. And it is devastating. What we're trying to say is that Anthem is a better game. (laughs) (laughs) It's this moment in gaming history that is so famous, so impactful, so wide-reaching in the ripples it caused for an entire generation of gamers. It, you didn't know a character that you loved could die in the middle of the game and there's nothing you could do. People for years spent 
hours and hours, days and weeks trying to figure out if there's a way to get Ares back in your party somehow or Yet, to save her. That character in that game is like my, it's like my actual um, process of death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you exit out, you go back in, you're like, no, but why can't I pick? Like, you're, you know what I mean? You're like going through, like I'm trying to bargain. Right. Like. I just hit, I did Phoenix down. Yeah. 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, wake up. Like, wake up. Like, what's going, what? Like, yeah. that, I was like, she's just gone? Yeah. It's like, what the, f- is my healer? Yeah. Like, the gamer in me was also just like, I'm sad, but I'm like, what? Yeah. How do I play this You're game? You're confused now. now. <laughs> like, so, this game has spent, at this point in the game, it has just thrown you so many curveballs. Because there's a point in this game where you're like, the you're whole like, game is Midgar. And then there's a point in this game where you're like, the whole game is about Cloud. Then it's about Ares. Then Ares is gone? You are at like level 50 or something yeah. like that. Like, you are halfway through, more than halfway through your fucking levels. And you are still like, here's this curveball. Yeah. Deal with this. And you still don't even have the full story. Guys, this game is huge. This game is is so big i can't even like there's no it's think of the biggest thing you think of is big universe okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) all right guys that's disc one but before we end it oh god before we end our show guys okay Okay. we all know it we all know it we all know it's called final five these are the same five questions we ask every single guest jesse and just let you know Mm -hmm. we didn't steal any of these questions from james lipton behind the actor's studio oh okay it makes me suspicious that you would say that out of nowhere. I mm-hmm. don't fucking like him. Oh, interesting. I told him this repeatedly. Okay. I said, I have bumper stickers. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have tattoos. This seems like a bit that you do every week. Is this a bit that you do every week? No. Okay. okay. You should have a person next to me who does it with me while no, we're doing okay. this. Does it sound like we're doing a bit? What do I talk like? This sounds like we're doing a bit, so it does not. Guys, final five, Jesse Neal edition, oh, Final God. Fantasy seven. <laughs> Disc one. Question one. Okay. If you could be any, vi- we're doing it, guys. We're fucking doing it. I should have thought about Everybody's this. Everybody's been asking this forever. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I, th- I wish I had thought about any of these. Question. I mean, this is why it's perfect. I know. Question one. Fuck. If you could be any video game character, who would you be and why, Jesse? Um, fuck. Because you're going to do disc two and three. I'm going to have to come up with different We're going to have to come up with different ones. I'm going to have to come up with different ones. <laughs> um, my, uh, my first answer is Joker from Persona 5. So you have multiple, you have multiple. Well, that's like what's coming to my mind right now. Okay. Uh, I have a big thing with social injustice, and one of the reasons I love Persona 5 so much is because you get to fight social injustice. Like, you ah. get to actually make people and, admit to their shit. Everyone wants to date you. That's definitely part of it. that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, everybody wants to date you when I you're a hero. I also want to be an 18-year-old Japanese boy I, listen, in Tokyo. He gets to eat so much ramen. Well, so much ramen and then has a gun and fucks people up. Are you kidding One me? One of the things he does is they're like, we challenge you to eat this big cheeseburger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me your life. I have t- <laughs> Give me, you have an animal that talks to you. And if you eat it successfully, they'll be like, God damn, you're hot. Yeah, you're so hot for eating that 18 pound burger. Also, what do you want to do in your free time? Oh, do you want to eat this amazing curry nonsense? Yeah, fucking give me, oh my God, give me Joker's life. He's, I like, you're so fucking cool. You didn't bring up the metaverse once. It's just, I want to live in Japan and yeah, eat ramen. Yeah, it's cool to fight monsters, <laughs> what the fuck ever. But you get to make dickish people pay, and then you celebrate by eating sushi and ramen. Give me that shit in my face. I earned it. Joker. Very good answer. Question two. Mm-hmm. If you get rid of one game in history, what would it be? Oh, man. What is it? Yo, Final Fantasy X2. Yeah? Can go right to fucking 
It can What's fucking die <laughs> in a car fire. I hope Final Fantasy X2 gets its entrails ripped out <laughs> and stomped on by a bigger, grosser Final Fantasy X2 so it knows what it feels like to be disappointed by something that should have been beautiful and was ruined forever. I hate that game. I would get rid of Destiny. No. Yeah, good call. Uh, what was? What would be a second? What would be? A, what's the closest follow-up to that? A game that I would get rid of. Yeah, X two. Oh fuck. Um, God, it's so hard because I just spend so much of my energy hating that game. That's fine. That's fine. You'll think of another one. Uh, okay. Question three: If you were to make a video game title for your life, mm-hmm. Jesse Neal, what would it be? Oh fuck. Um, Question four. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, oh, this uh, this is the one that always gets sad. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do a sad one. Uh, it's it's funny because I feel like uh, our lives. I feel like part of the reason oh my God, you and I, I connect so much, <laughs> okay, is because we have these unfulfilled dreams. Oh my God, we just got super real. Because uh, there's a point where. You were going to be a professional uh, hockey player, and I was going to be a professional musician. I'm not as sad. And then there was a moment where we were going to be like, you almost got SNL, and I almost got The Daily Show. Back to sad. Back to sad. <laughs> and you know, we moved out here, and kind of people didn't want any part of us. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like it would be called like Banana Grandma Four or something. <laughs> Just bring up a bunch ba- of real shit. Banana and four, <laughs> banana four. I said banana grandma four. Banana grandma um, four. Okay. If I if I were to actually think of a real title, for, I mean, a game about my life currently. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to build backwards. What kind of game would I want it to be? I definitely want it. It's you, man. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Uh. <laughs> Full throttle, then sleep. <laughs> Full throttle, then sleep. Uh, I, every every minute you're awake is sheer panic and work, and then you're just like, I'm going to go to bed hard. I feel like every level is just like a second and a half long. It's like, I'm going to get up, and it's yeah. like a sleep. Oh, okay. oh, it's like WarioWare on crack. <laughs> You're walking to work. It's just you're gonna die. You're gonna die. You're and gonna I'm like, die. I know. Someday this is true. <laughs> Maybe today. I don't know. I can't tell. Question four: One aspect of video game life douche was true in real life. Oh, I had such a good answer about this the other day, and I completely forgot what it was. I was thinking, um, fuck. Um, I wish you could pick your attributes at the beginning. Ooh. I like this. I wish this you, is good. I wish, like, for one minute when you oh were born. Oh my god! I you, like this. You had sentience enough, like you were had the thought process enough to go. What do I want? My strength, agility, intelligence, charisma. How do I want to start I, with all of? Okay, this? so not only are the things that. So this is what I find interesting about this. Not only the things that you want, mm-hmm. but what are you sacrificing yes. to get what exactly. you exactly? Oh, god damn! It's a good I answer. wish you could figure out at the very first second of life. How am I building my character? Can I tell you what mine would be? What your build out? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is me different me and we don't know each other or whatever. I'm okay. just thinking about me in this okay. situation. Intelligence 1, okay. luck at 10, yes. strength at 10. Yes. <laughs> like just yes. I want to not 
care about anything and be fuckable and lucky. Yes. That's all I want. <laughs> Charisma 10, luck 10, intelligence 1, agility like, 1. I don't care if I can jump. I don't care. No, I don't give a fuck. I don't I want to be John Ham's character from 30 Rock. <laughs> He's so dumb, he almost can't live. Exactly. But everybody wants to be with him exactly. forever because he's so charismatic. I want to be John Ham. There yeah, it is. We got there, guys. That's the name of my video game, guys. What? I want to be John Ham. Full throttle, then sleep. John Ham. It doesn't get his due. What a hilarious name. Yeah. I'm John Ham. Yeah. yeah, I'm Larry. Hilarious. I'm Larry Roast Beef. <laughs> Hello, I'm Bob Turkey. <laughs> I'm Carl Pimento. But what if I told you that Bob Turkey is in one of the best shows on television and is gorgeous? I'd be like, yeah, he would have to be to have the name Bob Turkey and not change it. Are you kidding me? Question five. Okay. And again, Jesse and I didn't steal this from anyone, Jesse. Okay. Fuck James Lipton. Uh, <laughs> if heaven exists. Right. What would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, how real do I want to get? How real... So you can do the thing that some of the guests obviously that you know. Um, you can do your real one. You can do your fake one. <laughs> um, ugh. There's this whole thing with me that I don't talk about on this podcast much where I was a religious kid and I was raised Protestant with my family. And then I suffered from severe depression and anxiety. And I fell away from religion because I was like, this is all horse shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm weighing if like, oh, God, this is so much. There's... I always thought I would tell the story of how I lost religion while talking about Final Fantasy X. Oh, you can still do that. I can, but it's I'll I'll, I'll save it for if you know we ever do that Final mm -hmm. Fantasy X episode. Well, because well, I think it's important. I mean, you can still share it now, obviously, but you're trying to say like that's why X was so important to you. I think I think it'll it'll make more sense in a conversation about X. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna save my real answer. <laughs> I'm going to save my you're gonna vulnerable do it again. answer because I'm going to do it someday, maybe. You can do it now if you because I'm sorry. I didn't want to take it away no, from you. No, no. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the real answers. I'm sorry I left. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It gets, it gets involved. I, I no longer believe in God, and it's like, it's a whole thing. We'll talk about it someday. <laughs> Yeah. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That's for real. It got real. Uh, the joke answer was, I loved Bananarama 4. <laughs> this has been Final 5! Now, Jesse. Yeah. Two final things. Oh, sure. You know, you keep saying there's final things, but I they know, don't feel like they're final things. We're assholes at this we show. Are we are assholes. We're badgers. We're badgering people. Uh, people love being on our show. Right. Um First off, mm -hmm. what would you like to plug? Oh. And secondly, uh -huh. more important. Right. Where's your favorite place to eat? So uh, I'll get the plug out of the way. Do it, do it, um, do it, do it. Do I'm it. on this podcast on Starburns Audio called New Player Is Joined. Hit. It's about the video games people love and why they love Check them. Check them out. And uh, once a week we interview uh, a guest about their favorite game of all time and why it was emotionally impactful for them, the moments that, you know, wow. uh, that made. Yeah, it's, it's really, you oh know. Oh, my God. It, it should be bigger, I think. I but, think, too. If yeah. I was a person who had great taste, I would listen to that. I would. I would I would spread the word about it uh, far and wide. I would. And then if I was the host of said show, I would thank those listeners for being such wonderful, amazing people yes. who tune in every week yes. to listen to yes, I would. bullshit all but the I'm, time. But I'm not, and I won't. And so, <laughs> <laughs> favorite place to eat. 
We got to give a shout out to our favorite sandwich shop that we're headed to right after Santoro's. this. Santoro's. Santoro's here on Burbank Boulevard yeah. up in Burbank, California. They they are so nice to us and their food is so good. I'm going to get a meatball parm as do soon that. as we're done with this because, you know, I, f- I fucking earned it. You can uh, do Boston. You can do New York. You can do a couple. <sighs> fuck. If you're in Boston, if you're in New York, if you're in L.A. What's your been in L.A.? What's your top L.A. place? Santoro's? You'd say Santoro's? I mean, Santoro's is the go-to. I love, uh, obviously, Howlin' Ray's is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I like Little Beast out in Eco- and Echo Park is is uh, a great restaurant. Man, New York, the fucking taco truck on. Yeah, it's like 30th, 32nd and, or 30th and 32nd? Yep. Yeah, that fucking taco truck that's there at night. Get the chorizo tacos. Oh, what am I doing? Yeah, Queen's Comfort. Queen's Comfort. A story that like the taco Queen's trucks comfort. down the street from Queen's Comfort. You want to know my favorite place in the world to eat? Queen's, Queen's comfort. fucking Comfort. Yeah. We would go there. We would get disco tots. Right. That's uh, tater tots in uh, gravy with ch- with melted cheddar cheese on top. Mm-hmm. We would get atomic fireballs, Dude. which are deep fried mac and cheese balls with oh sriracha cooked into God, them. God, so good. We would get this uh, cornflake crusted chicken sandwich, which is fucking amazing. Fucking so and great. I would get. I think it was called the American Hardcore Breakfast. Yeah. And it was a uh, biscuit with two poached eggs, candied bacon, hollandaise sauce, and then like a maple glaze, chili glaze on top of it. Yeah. That fucking place is unbelievable. <laughs> Go to Queen's Comfort. It's the fucking best. That's awesome. That and Santoro's. That's what I got for you. <laughs> Jesse! Keith! We did it! I feel like, oh my God. I've never felt this way after doing our show where I'm like, did I do okay? What? You were amazing. <laughs> you were yourself. You got to talk about your games. You were hilarious. You were amazing. You were thank insightful. you for doing thank this. Thank you. Aristotle, you're the goddamn Aristotle, best. Aristotle, thank you so thank much you so for much. fooling me. You goddamn fucking actors. Goddamn, goddamn best. Goddamn we were confused. Actors. We should have talked beforehand. We should have game. Oh, my you son of a bitch. God, dude. You son of a bitch. Just listen to those heavenly arpeggios. Oh. Is it on a harp? Oh my god. Yeah, uh, the version that I originally had was from the actual game, but I'm like, no, I want, like, you want the full I want out. the harp. I was like, I want orca- I want to do something harder. Does this version kick in with the complete orchestration? Do you want to wait? I mean, it's going to go down now. There you go. We went minor. We went minor. Are we gonna fold back into major? We are. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're going all the way up and down the scale. Mother fucker. I'm gonna go home and play this song. I'm gonna go home and play this game. I was playing so many games, this, I'm gonna ditch them all. This is the menu! <laughs> this is the menu! Are you kidding me? I get goosebumps when I hear this fucking song. Oh my god. Fuck every other game. <laughs> Fuck every other game. Get it, Jesse. Welcome back to New Players Join. We only talk about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Everything else can die in a ditch. Light on fire. I want cloud and Aries and nothing else. <laughs> Jesse. I might have blown my fuse on that no, one. No, I like it. <laughs> Well, we did it, everybody. Final Fantasy VII. Disc Disc one. one. We're going to come back for two more discs. Jesus Christ. And obviously, if guests want to come on and talk about it, we'll we'll talk about this game more in the future. Holy shit. Until then, guys. Keith. Jesse. 
This has been New Players Joined. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's how you get down into the basement of Seventh Heaven, I, which is cla- which is Tiffa's. Did I get one? You just got Did one. Did I get one? <laughs> Seventh Heaven is Tiffa's bar in the slums. <laughs> Fucking hell, I nailed this shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro.